after reading this book, it uh, seems to us that this novel is a Buildings Roman-esque uh, story. So does the character growth that Susan experiences in her 1961 journey to Israel reflect your journey that you went through in 1961? I, I'm laughing. Uh, I'm laughing and I'm smiling and because I cannot tell you how many people have said, shaking their finger at me, are you Susan? <laughs> Are you, are you really Susan? Okay. So here's the best I can do. I'm not Susan and I am Susan. Okay. Susan is pretty feisty, right? Would you say she's feisty? I'm feisty. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Going I may want to deny I may want to say that now that I'm, you know, a grandmother, I'm mellow. I'm probably more mellow than I was when I was 20 and hanging out in Washington Square Park and listening to guitars and being a hippie, but feisty. That's true. Uh, another odd little thing about Susan. You know how Susan counts? She counts the numbers on the arms. Yes. Well, the girl who counted numbers. Here's a secret. I'll give it to you for your thing. I don't know why, but when I was maybe 10 or 12, you know, kids get funny habits. Some kids, they tap their hands. Well, you've seen kids who shake their foot a lot. You know, maybe you do. But certain, certain habits. I, I had a friend who, at college, used to just tear up pieces of paper. She couldn't stop herself. Just tear a little piece of the paper. Uh -huh. My thing was, I would cack count cracks in sidewalk when I walked. I was 10 or 12, I would count. And it was this kind of counting thing, which I don't know, it was a little OCDC, but whatever it is, whatever it was, when I got to Israel, Israel was a warm climate. So the Holocaust survivors in New York, where I live, you know, they wore long shirts. They weren't out advertising those numbers tattooed to their arms. They wanted to hide them. They wanted yeah. And so to that extent, I am Susan. Now, the whole Zionism business and all of that, I don't know if I'm exactly Susan there. I, I had studied Hebrew and I liked the language. I, I happen to be a person fairly good at languages. So for my PhD, I had to be able to read French and German. And when I'm in a country for more than a week, I can start speaking sentences in strange languages. You know, we all have our little talents. Um, was I a Zionist? Was I, not really. I was more interested in the, the Hebrew language the culture and the history. I was very interested in the history. I liked reading the Bible, like reading a novel, you know. Oh. Uh, so maybe that part's a little like. The part that is very accurate is that like Susan, I had her father who was a lawyer and he was a Zionist, but he never went to Israel like this father. Uh, we didn't get into arguments about it. I studied Hebrew for a while and 
actually went to Israel, not because my father forced me to go to Israel. My father didn't really. I went to Israel because I won a scholarship with 11 other students to study social science, political science, which is, that was my major. I went to Brandeis as an undergraduate. And so we went to study. Uh, I never took notes, but all I could hear, I would sit in the cafes, everybody drank black coffee, everybody except me smoked, everybody smoked. I'm never, you cannot imagine it's a different, 1961, maybe they smoked here too, but they, in Israel, they, everybody smoked. Yeah, they smoked. And they would sit at these tables and they would kind of whisper or talk, whisper sod. Sod is meaning secret. Sod. And they'd be so, it would be in Hebrew. But guess what? I knew Hebrew. Not completely fluently, but pretty fluently. So I was absorbing a lot of their secrets about having been in the camps and etc. So does does it reflect my journey? Well, Susan in the end of this book is not a Zionist. What is Susan in the end of this book? She stayed in Israel as an activist. Yeah as a progressive, she's still with Ezra. She's still trying to make more democracy. I mean, I wish she was in Israel today, right now. They need her at some of the, in my, this is my opinion, they need her at some of these protests because there's a lot of crisis over the judicial system and over selection of judges, etc. So, uh, I think there are some parallels, but not entirely, not entirely. There was no Uncle Yaakov in the family. He's entirely fictitious. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of like um, like um, fiction based on like true events or like experiences of your you own. You know, like, something, I want to say something very important. If you're a journalist, which I was and have been all my life, written hundreds, hundreds of stories. You seek truth. Now, when you're writing a novel, you still have to seek truth in certain ways. So I try to contextualize this book so that although it's a novel with an imaginary Uncle Yaakov who's gay and who, who and, and all, Ruth who doesn't exist except in my novel, I still kept the authenticity about the trial, about the city of Jerusalem, about the tenor of the country in 1961, about Kibbutzim where there were huge murals of Karl Marx on the walls. A lot oh, of yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's crazy. I mean, they're essentially yeah. communes. Yeah. They were essentially Yeah, communes. yeah, yeah. In fact, um, they, the kids, the parents only saw the kids for lunch. <laughs> yeah, no, they take you when you're young and then you're essentially raised by the school and the community. Yeah. yeah. And then you have to give back. Yeah. 